Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Sadak, TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for Late Night Reds Talk. Hello, everybody. My name is Tim Daniel, and welcome to another fantastic edition of the Late Night Reds Talk, the live show and podcast that loves the Cincinnati Reds, part of the Believe Network, presented as always by Bet Online. This show is live streamed on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, and the podcast version is always up the next morning. I am joined tonight by Nick Kirby, Carlos Guevara, and our special guest, Mr. Matt McAdow. If you're watching tonight on YouTube, please take two seconds to hit the like button, subscribe to our channel. It really helps us continue to grow the show. Uh, before we do get started, let's have Nick tell you about our partner, Bet Online, who has the Cincinnati Bengals as six and a half point favorites against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. All right, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contest events with first of market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that is B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online is where the game starts. Awesome. Thank you, Nick. Carefully appreciate that. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring our guest in. This is, like I said, Matt McAdow. Matt is a uh, columnist across 20-plus uh, papers across Ohio and Kentucky that covers the Reds and Bengals. So, Matt, first, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for taking some time to hang out with us. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be on. So 20-plus papers covering the Reds and Bengals. What, what exactly all do you do to kind of the, the reach such that like lengthy – uh, environment to cover across the tri-state area. Yeah. So, um, it kind of taken me by surprise. Um, I actually work in HR for my full-time job, but on the side as a hobby, I started writing for a local paper here and uh, a few other papers started to pick me up and, uh, just kind of started to spread. Um, so I just began to go in one newspaper and then went to another and now I'm in about 20 roughly. And it's just a hobby of mine where I just give my opinion each week and I really enjoy it. Yeah, nice. It's kind of, you know, it's what we do. We got full-timers as well yep. and got this fun pod going. So, uh, yeah, totally get that. So, obviously, this is a lot of not fun for the Reds part. Obviously, the Bengals thing comes up, and there's a lot of hype going into that for you. But looking at the Reds now, um, obviously, this season, we know what it is. There's four weeks left to play. Uh, but then all the conversations really about what they're building in the pipeline uh, where are you kind of at with your thoughts on where the Reds are overall as a, as a, as a franchise at the moment? I really like where we're at. Um, where we're at right now, I think we still need to remain patient, though. Um, we have a lot of people in the system, a lot of young talent, um, but we still need to remain patient. I still think we're a couple years off um, for being contenders, but uh, I really like where we're at right now. Well, I think we have, what, five in the top 100 prospects. So I, I really like where we're going right now, but uh Again, my even me myself, I need to re- remain really patient. Yeah, I know that's a little hard when you see the list. Uh, you know, like you said, that that top five, the top one hundred, and, and uh, things like that. Kind of seeing the continuous Twitter updates. Uh, Reds kind of catching on with the Reds on the Rise Twitter account makes it really hard to kind of 
stay patient, not get overexcited about what's coming up. Right. Yeah. So let's talk real quick, guys. Nick Carlos, bring you guys back into this conversation. Um, once again, Aristides Aquino, uh, just when we thought he was gone, he comes right back up uh, with a, his third career multi-home run game, all three against the Chicago Cubs. He is the Cubs killer, as we know. Nick, I know you're you're just super excited to talk about it. Um, but three homers in his last nine at-bats. Uh, the Reds even the series with the Cubs now. Uh, Jake Fraley with another homer. TJ Friedel with a triple uh, there in the eighth inning. And uh, Mike Miner pitching fairly decent uh, tonight before the bullpen kind of takes over from there. Um, so, you know, I guess at this point, like we said, we know where we're at. But uh, a lot of fun baseball by Aquino. Take it away, Nick. <laughs> oh, what a fun night. What a fun night of uh, Cincinnati Reds baseball. Yeah. Good to see. Good to see Aquino. You know, it's obviously been a tough year, but, you know, he he has these these games and you, you couple that with the, the, the defense and, you know, just the speed and, you know, the overall talent that he has. And it's it's why I can't give up on him. I'm sure it's why the Reds can't give up on him. And, you know, it, I who knows? Who knows what the future holds for him? But yeah, I'll uh, keep rooting for uh, Mr. Aquino. Keep it up, buddy. He's that he's that toxic chick that you just can't stay away from. He just keeps doing something right every now and then. And all right, come back, buddy. We love you. No, baby. No, I can change. I can change. <laughs> oh man, I can't say I haven't had uh, athletes like that that have been like not able to give up on. So I, I totally understand that. Uh, He's like the do- one guy that I keep like rooting for, no matter how bad like a previous two, three games he's had. I'm like, I can't wait for his next at bat. Cause I know he can hit it to the moon with his next AB, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great way to put it. Uh, you know, the powers there, obviously the defensive highlights have been fun. Uh, Nick getting his gift stolen that he makes of a Kino throughout the year is always a joy. Um, we do have this quick question here from uh, Joey Raver. Uh, do you guys think Aquino has a spot on the team in the future with all the young, uh, all the young talent coming up? It's hard to say, but I just kind of lean towards no. But would I be shocked if like he caught on as like a DH or something with this team? I as you know against left-handed advantage as a platoon DH guy, which is the weirdest conversation ever to have about a National League team. I don't think so. I think you know he, there's there's probably a role for him. I just. I think he's just in the same boat as everybody else, pretty much, other than like your Indias and Stevensons that, you know, have it locked down. He has just as good a chance as anyone else. I mean, he can get hot this last, you know, several weeks and have a, you know, have a good spring and then he makes the team again. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's really wide open across the board with this group. Yeah. I mean, I think he's, you know, got to, become like a left-handed masher like right now he's he's not like he doesn't have like these drastic splits Aquino would be better off if 100% of his value came against left-handed pitching um, because you have Jake Fraley and TJ Friedel or two guys we you know want to talk about a little bit more as the show goes on tonight um, that don't really hit left-handed pitching so Aquino's a perfect partner with that um, but he is running out of time I mean Obviously, at this point, Aquino's going to you know make it to the end of the year on the Reds roster, um, so he's going to get another off season. Uh, but I, I think 
for him, he's got to come to camp and I think really show the Reds he deserves a spot, um, which I think is fair, you know, based on where he's at. Um, but, I mean, it's going to – at some point next year, it's going to be the make it or break it. And he actually had the make it or break it this year but didn't get claimed. You know, I think part of it was uh, when he got DFA was when every team had to cut two players from their roster spots because they had the 28 early, 28 for the first month of the season. Everyone had to cut down to 26. So I, I don't know if anyone would have picked him up, um, but every team was kind of in a roster crunch at that point. So who knows? But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's you know, it, he, he's going to have another offseason. I don't think it would shock any of you guys if he came to camp and something kind of clicked yep. and, like, I mean, I, it, that wouldn't shock me. It also wouldn't shock me if he comes to camp. And I was going to say, there's nothing the, about yeah. him that shocks me at this point. Yeah, You didn't I mean, even finish your sentence, and I was like, nope, nothing's going <laughs> to shock me. Nope. Yeah. Like, not even, if he, not even if he comes to camp next year pitching, that won't shock me either. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the most talented, frustrating players. That's what, comparing to a Bengals player, he reminds me of John Ross. It's like you'll see one game here, one game there, where it's just he's on fire, and then – you still want to root for him, like Carlos said earlier. But, you know, with his defense, I mean, he's spot on. He's got an arm, and then you know what he can do at the plate. But, yeah, he just goes so cold at times. John Ross is a name I was really, really working hard to get pushed out of my head, Matt. So, um, <laughs> yeah, really appreciate you bringing this, that pain back yeah. in my life. Yeah, would we take him before Patrick Mahomes? Is that right? Yeah, that worked out, <laughs> in the, you know, a few years later. Yeah. Um, let me ask you guys this, because this is kind of we'll, – we'll, we'll wrap up the game here before we move on and talk about everything else. Um, Mike Miner tonight. So five and two-thirds, one earned run, three strikeouts, ten hits. Have you ever seen a weird night like that where it's just like the guy had a really decent game but still gave up ten hits and his defense just made a ton of plays behind him? That was um... – Damn it. Uh, Corey Kluber. That was his line in double A whenever I played with him all year, every game. He just, I'm like, how's this guy getting crushed? Like he was throwing high 90s, mid 90s, a curveball from hell. And every line was like that. It was like four and two thirds, five and a third, 10 hits, five runs. And you're like, how did that happen? But it's the kind of line that it was. And then he ends but, up winning a Cy Young, you know? Yeah, yeah. He figured something out. I don't know how I went off on him. But anyway, uh, Mike Miner tonight, yeah. <laughs> Going up against the Triple A Cubs. Good job. He did have a cool play when he had that, like, crab behind his back. That was pretty neat. Yeah. It's all Sports Center cool. shared that. Were you guys surprised that he got taken out with, what, what was it, 80-some pitches? Were you guys surprised? Yeah, I was. Yeah, me too. I thought he'd go at least one more. That's what you I gotta thought. Use too. them up. Yeah, I think I got the wrong line on that score. Uh, that's from last week. Mike Miner pitched last Wednesday, also, so that's last <laughs> week's line. So sorry about that. My that apologies. Was not, that was not terrible either. Less hits. So I didn't yeah. even notice, and I it, stared it, at well, that it, the it, entire very, time I was talking. It's a very similar line. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, I just thought we kind of get to that real quick because I thought that was kind of funny. Um, let's talk about some Spencer Steer action. How about it, gentlemen? Uh, big league debut on Friday. First hit as a homer. Pretty cool. Uh, went two for two, had a double. Also, well, had two walks and scored the uh, game-winning run on India's walk-off hit. 
uh, man, just a lot of fun. Um, kind of what we read about when the trade happened originally was just uh, how much, you know, the guy put the ball in play and these contact rates and everything you're starting to see. Also, his patience at the play has been really impressive. You know, I know we're talking about we got to do the whole, like Matt said earlier, kind of stay patient stuff. We're talking about, you know, what, 18, 19 at-bats at this point. Um, but what have you guys thought? Anyone wants to jump in. I've been really impressed with kind of his approach at the plate, and I think he has a lot, you know, been a lot of fun. It was 16 at-bats going into tonight, so I've uh, been pretty excited with what I've seen so far from young Spencer Steer. Yeah, I mean, you know, four walks in his first, I think he's at, what, this is his fifth game, fourth game. So, yeah, I mean, he's had, He's had really good plate discipline. That's what what stands out. Um, I I definitely think Steer is a guy that that can hit left-handed pitching really well. Um, the question with him for me is uh, how well can he hit right-handed pitching? Because he has really drastic splits, um, really all throughout his minor leagues, not just this year. Um, but I think this is a guy that you can plug him in right now, and, and you can feel pretty confident about his ability to 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 be that you know left-handed masher. But you know, can he? you know, provide enough value and by provide enough value. I mean, if he, if he hit league average against right-handed pitching mashes left-handed pitching and plays okay defense, that's a good player. Don't, don't get me wrong. You know, a lot of guys make their living on that type of line. Um, but that's, that's the only thing I would, you know, maybe concerns me a little bit with him, but um, yeah, I'm excited to have him up and uh, you know, excited to see him over these last, you know, like four weeks, what he can do. Yeah. It's been from what I've seen, you know, these few at bats, it's, it's, it's been pretty positive. Um, he looks really comfortable up there. He looks like he belongs. Um, I mean, he even looks old for his age. <laughs> Sorry, Spencer, but um, yeah, I mean, I like what I've seen. It was again against the Cubs uh, here this series. We'll see, you know, maybe a little bit different competition, how he fares against those guys about. So um, I don't know. We'll see, I guess. He definitely had some excitement for the last month of baseball with the Reds. It'll be something fun to watch and keep an eye on. So, And that's all we're looking for at this point of the year, right, gentlemen? Yeah, so someone else to keep an eye on and see how they do. Something, you know, to keep our interest in the games, right? Yeah. <laughs> keep running well, these you, guys out there. If you look at Nick's graphic that is here in the top right, um, home run as first it will be hit, most recent Reds. Three years in a row we've had that. So does that mean like next year is going to be like Noel V. Marte? Is it, is, should we just keep this going? I don't think Noel V. Marte will be on the roster next year. Shh. Maybe Matt McLean. I'll take it. I'll Christian take it. Encarnacion Strand. <laughs> That's definitely happening. One one thing I'm kind of interested in Steer is he's right now at a career high uh, 16 home runs throughout multiple levels this year. Um, no, I might have actually got that wrong. He's at no, he's at he's at twenty four home runs through multiple levels this year, um, which he hasn't really showed that kind of power uh, before this year. So, you know, is, is he you know developing more power? Because um, obviously, you know, we talk about all the time at Great American Ballpark how well that plays. Uh, that could really, I think, take him to the next level if you combine that that plate discipline. Um, you know, with with kind of this added power that he's adding, is it is it a one year thing? Is it a is it a, our friend old friend Josh Van Meter, um, or is it you know is it something uh, uh, for real? But uh, one other point is I I love his position flexibility. All four starts at four different positions. That is 
awesome to see. It's great that he seems to be embracing that. Um, is that you know the Reds have a lot of different players um, all kind of jumbled up, and and the fact that he might be willing to go out to left field or right field um, to get guys that are going to be better defenders than him um, really just helps the whole roster construction going forward. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. I think that kind of makes things a lot better. Um, I, I'm excited. I really liked what I've seen. Like you said, the walks are definitely impressive. Uh, so let's kind of keep to keep an eye on him, especially like Matt said, just something to keep us watching for these last couple weeks of the season. Um, I did kind of find it fascinating that I saw a tweet on uh, for his call up that they said his MLB comparison mostly was Jonathan India within, you know, who's within the organization. Uh, so talk about a guy who's really had a big turnaround, Nick, you got a clip here of a uh, good old Jonathan India and kind of talking about uh, his first career walk-off hit on Friday. And we're kind of seeing how he's kind of turned his season around. All the stuff you've been through this year, injury wise, just how feel, how good does it feel right now to be kind of on a nice little run personally? Yeah, it feels amazing. You know, if this is the player I am, um, I know I'm able to do these things in this game. I know I'm good enough to play this level. Um, it just had unfortunate events this year happen to me, injuries. Um, you know, it was tough, you know, for the first three, three, four months, and I was out for a while. So just trying to get back in the swing of things and, you know, be the, and just trust who I was again um, rather than trying to be something else. And, you know, I just, I'm being that player again. You said trying to be something else. You're you trying to be someone else? Yeah, I, to be honest with you, I'm just trying to make up for a lot of guys that we lost. You know, we lost a lot of big, big time bats in our lineup. And I was, you know, started thinking the spotlight was on me to do the damage and do more of it. Like, you know, Miss Castellano, Winker, Suarez, all these guys, you know, that do damage in the lineup. They were just, they weren't there. So I was like, you know, I got to pick up the slack a little, start getting more power and got me in trouble. Um, and I'm just getting back to my game, you know, hit the ball hard wherever it's pitched. And uh, if it goes out, it goes out. If it goes in the gap, the double. So, uh, Carlos, we'll bring you to the conversation here. Um Obviously, kind of talks a little, you hear the conversation where he talks about just kind of getting back to where you did last year and kind of taking some pressure off himself. I'm sure you've kind of probably been around those guys and kind of seen that before in your in your time playing professional ball. But you know, what does that kind of necessarily mean when you hear him just kind of take a step back and kind of see what he can do? Kind of being the guy we remember from last year. It's um, <clears throat> it can catch up with you pretty quick, and and I think that's what happened with Jonathan. Um, you know how he made the big league roster you know, last year was, you know, all of a sudden, and then he struggles early and then he puts on, you know, rookie of the year becomes very popular within the city, uh, has his off season that he had, um, you know, he's all over the place, you know, Bengals games, like everything, it was a lot. And then you go into spring training, uh, with, you know, a depleted roster, um, and, you feel you kind of fall into this trap of if, that you've got to do more than what you need to do and do more than what got you where you are. Um, you know, you feel some sort of responsibility for it. And, and he just kind of tried to grow up too fast. You know, the sophomore year, it's, it's a really important year for him and it's really, really cool. And, um, you know, we're glad that he let us in on that bit, bit of information. Most players won't let you in, in on that and admit that they failed by making a mistake. 
Matt, you know, obviously kind of gets you back here in the swing of things. We, we, you know, we know the talent level. We know what's kind of there. We've talked all year just kind of about what can we see more of, what's going on here. Uh, we've, off, we've obviously, you know, discussed his future not playing second base for this team as a possibility because of his, you know, struggles we've seen there in the past. But where do you kind of take away from it? Because it does kind of seem like, like we talked about throughout the show, you know, if the Reds are going to be good in the future, it feels like Jonathan India could very well just be a huge part of that. Yeah, I even think that for the Reds to be good in the future, Jonathan India is definitely going to have to be a big part of that. And um, right now, I mean, I think in the last 15 games, I saw India's batting over 350, um, and I think he's really starting to heat up now. I mean, like they said earlier in the beginning of the season with some injuries, and Castellanos was one of his best friends. He lost him and a lot of big bats in the lineup. But, uh, yeah, I think for the Reds to be good in the future, that he's going to have to be a big part of that. And whether that's at second base or not, he's definitely going to have to be a part of the lineup. Yeah, I mean, I think that India in the first half was, you know, the the worst version of himself. And I, I think probably some of what India has done in the second half is a little unsustainable. Um, but you just look at the walk rate. That's the big thing that I see that jumps up is that, you know, that went from you know, 3.6 to 9.6. That's a, a huge jump. And that's really what the Reds need from him. They don't need Jonathan India to be, you know, a guy that that's hitting 30 home runs, 40 home runs. They just need him to be the guy that just gets on base. Um, yeah, I'm still concerned about his defense long term and you know where he fits in that. I, I, I don't think the way he's playing second base right now defensively is a, a long term solution. I think he'd have to you know make some massive strides this offseason to stay at second base with the kind of options the Reds are going to have coming up uh, through their system. Um, but yeah, I mean, just you know, India finishing the year strong, it just it, it's a huge boost for the Reds, and you know I think their chances going forward. Yeah, this is also a guy that kind of said at the beginning of the year he felt like he could be a 2020 guy, and I certainly still feel like he can be in the future. Um, but that maybe I don't know if that was something that kind of maybe he tried to lean to kind of Willie Mays hazing it and putting that pressure on himself by all means. But um, yeah, I think you know, what we've seen so far has been great. I hope it kind of does keep up. Yeah, probably like you said, Nick is probably a little too unsustainable uh, just because of the hot streak he's on, but. We find that happy medium here. I think we're going to be okay there for sure. Uh, let's talk about another guy who's been doing the damn thing at the plate of late, and that's our old pal TJ Friedel. Did not see this coming at all, uh, what we've been able to see from him for a little while now. I uh, had a triple tonight. That was pretty cool. Um, you know, obviously has kind of shown some power, showed some big pop. Uh, you guys kind of feel like with his situation, has he kind of earned at least a platoon spot looking forward for next season? For next season, sure. Come on, buddy. Is that but, a Nick Senzel? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Him and Nick Senzel, it's, it's just going to be probably who who has the better spring. Um, I see him just being a fourth, fifth outfielder with, um, with Friedel. Or not with Friedel, with um, Fraley. But, man, it's, it's going to be tough next year to make these this team because there's so many guys that are pretty much the same. I, I don't know what they're going to do whenever, you know, free agency-wise, how competitive they want to be. It's it's really going to be who ends up with the, with the hot spring, I, I feel like. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's whoever's got the hot bat at the time, I think is who's going to end up earning that spot. But um, yeah, I think 
one of the crazy things I heard about Friedel. Um, he's related to both Calipari and uh, Sean Miller there at Xavier. Um, like that's one of the craziest things I've heard related to both coaches. I'm sure those holidays are crazy, but he's got 10 extra base hits since he's come back up. And that's the thing that I never sold this kind of power out of TJ Friedel, which is why I had always wrote him off. Cause I was like, Oh, this guy's a nice little player that plays good defense that can slap the ball. But okay. Well, 10 extra base hits, five home runs. You know, they said that he's done, you know, something to, to change his swing. You know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's got a chance. I think Fraley is the player that's much more um, legit and I think sustainable. He did it last year as well. Uh, so he has a little bit, you know, longer of a track record. Um, but hey, I mean, right now, if you're, if you're, you're telling me right now, I mean, I'd, I'd put Friedel above every single outfielder except for Fraley right now, as long as we're not considering Spencer Steer an outfielder. But, so looking for 24, do you think any either of them will be a starter on a good team? I think Jake Fraley will. I mean, a, a platoon starter. Um, I, I, mean, I think Jake Fraley, I mean, like over the last two years, uh, has really, really good numbers. I mean, like he had a 130 weighted runs created plus against right-handed pitching last year, so he's 30% better. I don't know where it's at this year, but I think it's higher this year. I think he has over 1,000 OPS against right-handed pitching. So, I mean, that's two straight years where he has hit right-handed pitching really well. So, um, he's only 27, so he's not, you know, he's not super old. Um, yeah. Um, and he, he was a guy that, that came up through the minor leagues as a, a pretty high, you know, pretty highly touted prospect. Um, just kind of had some injuries and fell off. So, um, I definitely believe Fraley, Friedel, I, you know, hey, he's a nice player to have. That, that's kind of where I'm at with him. Uh you know, give me as many TJ Friedels as you can. You hope a couple of them, you know, kind of pan out. Um, but I, I've been more impressed with TJ Friedel than I've been with Nick Senzel at I, just about any point of his career. I can't believe Nick Senzel's out right now. Like, this guy's playing for his MLB career at this point. I mean, I think, it, I think he's safe this offseason, but next offseason, I mean, yeah, just, but I mean, just, he's safe to where he's going to have a you know, maybe a leg up in spring, but not by much. Has he outplayed? Has he outplayed Aquino this year? Like, I, I mean, Aquino's not hit well, but Aquino's at least had the great defensive value and has had some pop. Yeah, I mean, every home run that Aquino hits <laughs> counts a lot towards you know what Nixon Zell's done. And if I'm the one saying that, you know, I've been the the flag bearer of the Nixon Zell fan club. If I'm the one saying that, no, he hasn't, that that's got to say something. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I just kind of feel like, like you said, the TJ Friedels are, you know, I think Fraley and Friedel probably are the two outfielders I look forward to for next year. Um, are, there, Friedel- are there any legit outfield prospects? Like, okay, this guy's a, a left fielder, or this guy's a power right you know, right fielder. Are there any of those? Everybody's an, an infielder type. Uh, I mean, not rated as high. Like, um, trying there's, to think there's not a true, there's not a true yeah. outfielder. Um, I mean, you know, they could move Ellie David Cruz to the outfielder and no oh, boom. You have a legit outfielder. They could move, uh, Martin to the outfielder, they have a legit outfielder. They could move Matt McLean to the outfield, which I think is probably the most likely scenario is that he's the one who gets moved to the outfield. And then you have a, a legit outfielder. So, um, but the Reds, the, they've been able to find corner outfielders and done a pretty good job of that. You know, like guys like Tyler Naquin, 
Um, corner outfield's the easiest position to fill. This is why I I I'm not counting out TJ Friedel because he can play center field. Uh, and, and when you look at what the Reds have, I Matt McLean maybe he can play center field, but I don't think he's ever done that. Um, so that's where I you know hey if he has this you know this pop that's even somewhat there and he can you know hit a couple home runs here and there and play the good defense and you know he's really you know has the good sprint speed i don't know i think he's i think he's got a chance looks like we got a lot of michael siani love in our chat right now i like mike siani he's an elite he's an elite defender but um last time i checked he had a below average He's got a 100 weighted runs created plus in double A. So he's exactly average 249, 348, 399. So, I mean, he could platoon with Friedel. He's right handed. I mean, <laughs> but I don't, uh, it's just that that doesn't excite me. You guys laugh, all laugh now, but Jordan Alvarez decides he wants to come to Cincinnati in a few years. Joke's on you. Didn't he sign an extension? Yeah, he just signed an extension. <laughs> you know. Extensions don't mean anything. They're going to get busted for cheating again. Don't worry about it. It'll be voided. Yeah. Hey, he's a free agent in 2028. Yeah. You know. Let's go. He'll still hit 30 home runs to GABP. I'll take it. I mean, I guess Austin Hendrick. Yeah, Dylan. I mean, Jay Allen. What We're actually going to talk about him later. But, I mean, again, none of those guys are, you know, close to being good big league hitters they all have some nice skills but i I don't see any of them in 2023 being a big league outfield solution that's going to hit yeah i don't know man we'll see i don't like being the negative guy i don't don't like this (laughs) nick you're usually the optimistic one (laughs) see how i spun it around on him kirby hates siani kirby hates (laughs) senzel kirby hates Hendrick. I like Fraley. Like <laughs> yeah. He likes left-handed hitters and left-handed hitters only because Jake Fraley is the buns. most Yeah, Jake Fraley is the most unstoppable hitter and that will be the show no matter what you do with them. So, I understand, Dick. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Me too. All right, let's talk about some fun stuff here. Uh Dylan Russian saying Novi is probably a right fielder. We'll see. We could you know, it's possible. Uh Joey Votto getting some booth time with our good friend, John Sadak of late, uh, hanging out and doing some television broadcasts. I love hearing the bottom left, this picture specifically, if you're tuning in on YouTube, uh, if you're not, um, you, we've got the graphic of him, John Sadak and Barry Larkin together. And Joey just hanging out, holding the mic and the polo being part of the team. I dig it. Also really love the Cincinnati Royals hoodie that he's wearing in this as well. Um, but the insight's been a lot of fun. Uh, having, you know, getting to call Spencer Steer's first hit, which is a homer, and he's in the booth for that. It's going to be pretty neat. Uh, so, Carlos, obviously, you know, you've had many of baseball conversations with Joey in the past. Um, how, is this kind of what it's like to talk baseball with Joey Votto, what you're seeing in broadcasts? I mean, I've had thousands of conversations exactly like this. Like, I mean, that, that's what we do. That's what we did in the minor leagues. That would, you know, we – We'd have our game, we come back to the hotel, have our pizza, play our video games, turn out the lights, and then we just sit there and or you know, lay in, in each bed and and just talk baseball for probably an hour, hour and a half. Um 
you know, in the playoffs roll around, we'll FaceTime and and talk a little bit about the game that's going on, and then we'll start talking about <clears> the Reds, <throat> and it's just nonstop of information like this. It's it's unbelievable. You know, I've I've become I don't want to say numb to it, but it's just like yeah, that's Joey. I mean, he he loves the game. He's very educated in the game. He he loves doing this. Um, it's funny he in the middle of the um, broadcast i guess i think it was the second day um he was he was texting in between innings it's like how hard it was because they gave him the play-by-play he's like this is unbelievable it's like i don't know how many times i have to do this to be able to get good at it but uh he, he said he had a good time uh he enjoyed it um would you know like to do it again but there's so much insight, you know, whenever he whenever he starts talking with Barry, um, whether you agree with Barry or you agree with Joey one way or the other, it's anytime you can get two Hall of Famers talking about one sport, no matter what the sport is, you just shut the F up and listen. Just let them talk. Even you don't want to agree with them. It's just it's firsthand knowledge of the game that we all love. And they're the best to ever do it. And so to be able to listen to them, you know, for a couple of hours, I thought it was really fun. Yeah, I agree. Matt, what have you kind of thought about kind of hearing Joey in the booth? That's what I've loved listening to him. Um, that's somebody that if I could watch a game with anyone, it'd definitely be Joey just to see and hear what he sees from his point of view would be something else. Um, one of the things I liked that he said is how they have a monopoly on the summer um, talking about baseball And he talked about how you can show up in the fourth inning, you can show up and you can stat the whole game, or you can just come and show up and you can meet up with old friends. It's just a monopoly on the summer and baseball is different than any other sport. And I really, I could listen to him call every game. Yeah. I feel like we've gotten a lot with like him being mic'd up during games and stuff like this. It's been really cool to kind of get this access to kind of like hear his thoughts on everything as well. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I know it's been pretty pretty cool to hear. Uh, so I know we've gotten quite a bit of questions in from our chat uh, to that we want to get to real quick. And this one first is uh, from a YouTube user. Would love to hear Matt's thoughts on Joey Votto. My thoughts? Uh, I guess just future Hall of Famer. I, I don't know if you have to go much further into detail than that. Uh, my favorite player to play and uh, – yeah, he's, I hope we still have a few more years of him, and I uh, hope he gets healthy. All right. And then Hunter Holt, I assume this is about Spencer Steer. Uh, do the Reds let him, being Spencer Steer, surpass 130 at-bats this year? Uh, I, did, I did the math. I did the math. Okay. So four at-bats a game would be 112 more. I think he's at 20 right now. So I think it's probably unlikely. They'll give him a couple days off and – um, if you go over 100, if you go over 130, you lose rookie of the year status for next year. Um, if he finishes in the top three, Reds get an extra draft pick. Um, there's compensation for that, so there is motivation to not let him go over 130. Uh-huh. But it's a good question. Good question from Hunter. Very good question. But it seems I hope, like the, I hope that becomes the, fun to track at the end of the year. It seems like the September call-up might have, you know, been, you know, planning that out. That's something, that's something to watch. Good question. And then this one is about India, but I'll let you read it, Tim. Do you think the band of the shift could help him defensively being India? Less moving around deep throws from right field. Um, I don't know, because I feel like the plays he's made, and, you know, this isn't to say he's 
made a thousand I think I'll say any place by any means, but like we've talked about throughout the year. Like the place he makes has always been like his athleticism kind of taken over. So I don't necessarily know if it helps him because, you know, he's a hell of an athlete, like we've talked about for a couple of years now, but I just don't know if he's ever gonna be able to consistently play defense in second base no matter what. But that's a really, really cool question. I never even thought about that. Yeah, I would almost think it would make it worse, you know, because he's gonna have potentially more ground to cover, right? You know, if if you or, or more I think he not, is maybe who not he is more defensively. You what? I said I just think he is who he is defensively, you know, like whether it's with the shift involved, whether he's at you know he's playing second base. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't and he doesn't move around as much as like like Spencer Steer, it was, you know, uh, when he was playing third base, like they, they'll move him like right behind second base. I don't see Jonathan India other than, you know, maybe going out into the outfield a little bit, but I don't, I don't see that being his issue really with plays. It seems like it's pretty traditional second baseman plays, right? It, I don't know. Unless I'm yeah. I'd, and I'd like to see him play third a little bit, you know, here in September because I don't feel like he has – the best of hands. He doesn't look like a normal big leaguer does for a middle infielder, like somebody who receives it nice and smooth and transitions. Well, it's like it's a constant battle every time I feel like. So I'd, I'd like to see him over there at the hot corner and see how he can do. He played at third a good bit at Florida, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. I believe he was drafted as a third baseman. Yeah. Yeah. They moved him to second base specifically. Um, for last year to get yeah, get him in the stop. Woo, remember that? <laughs> the only thing I've ever been right about. <laughs> well, that's interesting there, that comment from Chase saying that uh, India was on the Jim Day podcast saying he regrets, regrets putting on all that extra weight. Yeah, I think he was trying to be something he's not. You know? Yeah, I think we talked about that a little bit too. I think at the beginning of the year, I, was, I didn't really want a fan of it. I didn't see the point of it. Really good interview. I was listening to it today. I mean, every gym day podcast is, is really good, but that was really good. Honestly, it's it's Indian Farmer, and I was like, these, they've had these dudes on so many times. I I just clicked on it because I had to drive, thinking like, and I've heard, but it was it was actually really good. I, I I really did enjoy it. Yeah, I haven't listened to it just yet. I'll probably listen to it tomorrow. Yeah, and then we have our our good pal here with us every week, Mister Juan. Always appreciate you hanging out. Can we give Joey Votto the captain title next year, the first in Sperry Larkin? I don't think he wants it. Yeah, you would do it better than a, anyone. So It's just another like hassle at this point of his career. I mean, Joey's focused and straight on worried about that. He doesn't want to have a, a patch and have to take extra questions about that. You know, it's just like he is, he is already – Everybody knows who he is. He's not the raw, raw type of guy. He'll go and have a conversation with you on the side if he feels like, but I don't think he wants that. And it would be kind of weird to give him like on his possibly his last year, probably his last year there. Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to say. Seems like if this was something that should have been done, it should have been done like 2016, not you know, now. Good question. But yeah. yeah. Feels very Landon Donovan. Really good questions tonight. Love it. Yeah. All right. This is from another YouTube user. Where does those aren't popping up? Should the Roses knock down the free pizza strikeout <laughs> number down to nine instead of eleven to get more fans in the seats? 
I don't think that's going to make a difference. <laughs> I did, but it's hilarious. Like, didn't all three games we went to, they had 11 strikeouts? So yeah. I think they're they're doing it pretty regularly now. So um, Yeah. I mean, with how much people are striking out in baseball nowadays, I feel like maybe like the challenge should be like 14, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe at least move it up to like 12 or something. I feel like that's got to be Pizza Hut or something trying to bankrupt La Rosa's. (laughs) (laughs) I always said that like 11 was obviously like, you know, you get the free small pizza. 22, you know, you get 22 of your 27 ounce to be strikeouts. We're talking free large pizza at that point. Like, just just hear me out, La Rosa's. Probably not very possible. It doesn't make any sense business wise, but you know, I'll petition. I respect it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. This is I'm the only one that actually still lives close to the area, so you know, I'll take all the free pizza I can get. Hey, it was great. It was great. I got I got it once. Uh, you know, with the free, the free good. coupon. It was it was it was good. Solid. Yeah, it is solid. Um, all right, let's go real quick. So. Nick has uh, been doing it throughout the year. The late night Reds talk prospect watch brought to you by our good friends at bet online. Yeah. So uh, of course, uh, Ellie day, the cruise is always at the top uh, pretty much doesn't move and there's no reason to 28 home runs, 38 stolen bases, 153 weighted runs created plus uh, the number one prospect in the red system. Number 15 overall, uh, wanted to get Matt's thoughts on uh, Ellie day, the cruise and uh, the mania that he brings. What's your thoughts on Ellie? Yeah, he's been fun to watch, whether it's bat flipping or uh, just the power that he brings. He's been really fun to watch, and he's definitely one to keep an eye on in the future, and it's going to be exciting once he gets the call to come up. Yeah, and uh, Ellie was just named Southern Player of the Month, uh, too. No surprise at all. Uh, then Noel, Noel V. Marte really has uh, come on strong of late. Uh, 402 on base percentage and through 29 games at Dayton, nine stolen bases. So kind of has a little bit of both. Uh, I was just announced today that he is going to be playing in the fall league. And he's played a full season this year. Uh, Carlos, I was kind of interested in your thoughts on him playing in the fall league. Do you think that uh, is valuable? Do you think that's a waste of time? What's your thoughts on that? Um. If I had to choose between a valuable and a waste of time, I'd probably edge a little bit more towards a waste of time than valuable. It's it's kind of almost just letting you know that, hey, you're one of the ones that's on our path, you know, on the path to the big leagues. Like we have this laid out for you. We want you to – it's kind of like the first step of introducing them to the big league because they take really good care of them there. Um they're catered to it's I don't know. And then some of the players too are, are um, they want to see if they're a fluke or not. They want to see what they really have against a little bit better competition. Um, maybe at what level they might need to play some at the next year. But overall, I, I, I don't see much to it. Like going to play in the Dominican or Venezuelan league. That's that means a little bit more than what this does. Yeah, and yeah, Karakas, who else is playing? I don't think they've announced everyone else. Um, I don't think they've announced the full rosters. I think it was just reported by a reporter that Marte was going to participate. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. I, it'd be exciting to get to see him in some games. They usually have a couple games on uh, MLB Network. So, definitely want to watch him uh, get some good competition. So, selfishly, that'll be fun. 
Uh, then Jay Allen kind of had a disappointing season overall, but still got the promotion to Dayton and uh, as a new MILB TV subscriber, uh, Allen is an electric factory. He is just so fun to watch. Uh, 10 stolen bases last eight games. He has three trip or two triples. Tim, I know you're a big uh, Jay Allen guy. What's your thoughts on Jay? I love it. I love anyone that anytime they put a ball in play gives you an opportunity at extra bases. Uh, whether it's a single that he steals a base or two, whether it's, you know, gets a ball in the gap and gets to gets the double or triple. I'm excited. I think that this is a guy who we just kind of had a conversation about uh, potential outfield prospects. Jay Allen to me kind of feels like it's the best situation. And those guys that, you know, you're not moving positions. Like, you know, we've talked about McLean or Ellie or Noel Marte, all these guys potentially playing in the outfield different places. Jay Allen's already there. Uh, we've seen that he's made some really good progress as far as, like, going up the levels. Uh, had a really good rookie season last year. I mean, started the year as a top 10 Reds prospect for all these trades. So I'm excited, man. I hope this keeps up. I know we tried to get him on the show. Uh, we're still working on it. So, Jay, if you're listening, come hang out with us. Absolutely. And uh, Carrick. Oh, wrong one. Sorry. Carrick, who is your favorite prospect that most people haven't heard of? Well, that's funny that you ask. I'm going to go with Mr. Jose Acuna, the player. He's actually unranked. I don't really know how he's unranked. Uh, he has uh, been uh, dominating um, uh, in the uh, the, the uh, Southern League, the Florida, the Florida League, Florida State League. He was just named Pitcher of the Week. Sorry. <laughs> Um, no home runs allowed this year in 36 innings. Um, really looks like a quality arm that they got for uh, for Tyler Naquin. So that would be my answer to that. I like it. All right. Let's move on to the late night Reds talk injury updates. Hunter Green uh, is going to make one more rehab start on Sunday and then is expected to join. But why? Why would he have a rehab start? It's September. I, I, I don't know. Um Ten strikeouts in four innings. It just seems like he's not being challenged, right? <laughs> Carlos, do you have any thoughts on why the Reds would have Hunter Green make some rehab starts? Um, on multiple levels. <laughs> so, first of all, everything is about money, right? <laughs> so, these guys get graded on a daily basis whenever they're performing in the big leagues. So if you're injured for a period of time, you want to make sure your stuff is right before it really counts. And if that means going and working something out for a week and a half in AAA, you're going to do that before you go out and you put your final product on the line for you to be judged on two and a half years from now, whenever we're going to see how much you're actually worth for that fourth year. Um. It's you don't want to figure these things out in the big leagues. If if they were in a playoff race um, and he had more time in the league, I don't think even just being a rookie they would let him come back with missing this much time going straight uh, to the big league level to prove himself. It's you have to do it. That's, that's not the level that you you miss around with. Not even if you're in twenty eighth place or whatever the Reds are in right now. It's it's there for a reason. It's there to protect the players at all costs and the team it's the right thing to do it's not even a question so quit tweeting about it please 
Yeah, and I don't really know why this year we're concerned about that, but hey, it is what it is, you know. Um, okay. Uh, Graham Ashcraft uh, planning to make a rehab start soon. Um, Reds are hoping he can get two more starts in 2022. Matt, wanted to bring you into the conversation here. What's your overall thoughts on uh, Green and Ashcraft? You know, their, their rookie seasons this year, you know, your expectations maybe for them the rest of this year and then the rest of uh, uh, their careers going forward. Yeah, I think they've been really fun to watch this year. They're obviously young. Um, both of them have some work to do, but what they've shown is they can be elite pitchers in the league. Um, Hunter Green, I think, needs to work on some of those movement with his fastball and start pitching to some contact, just some soft contact, like kind of like Ashcraft does. So I think they both have um, some room for improvement, but I'm excited to watch them grow and, and watching those two and Lodolo. I mean, it, it's going to be fun for the future. Yeah, then a couple other updates. Uh, Matt Reynolds um, could rejoin the Reds by the end of this week. at two hits tonight for the Louisville Bats. And then Daniel Duarte, kind of forgot about him. He actually made the team. Uh, the opening day roster. Oh my God, got, he did. And then got hurt like two days into the season or something. Been out since April 17th. Uh, he is hoping to pitch again this year. So he was a guy that made the opening day roster. So he's at least interesting. Um, I'll take That's how you make big league money for an entire year, folks. <laughs> <laughs> take effing notes. That's how you do it. Daniel Duarte hey, is Daniel, a legend. That's off to you, buddy. Is a legend for Carlos. <laughs> God damn it, I'm so jealous of him. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna come back and, and get hurt again. <laughs> and then uh, my elbow's just off. He's like Ben Simmonsing it at one point, you know. He's just out there throwing shot puts, ah, tearing his elbow up. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, the devastating news: Jeff Hoffman is out for the remainder of the season. In all seriousness, Jeff Hoffman had a really, really nice season for a really, really bad bullpen. Uh, so credit to Jeff. You know, he's a guy that has kind of remade himself a little bit. Um, you know, didn't really work out as a starter. Um, never thought he was as bad as I think a lot of people made him out to be as a starter. But uh, he's, he was really nice in the bullpen this year. So uh, hopefully he can have a uh, solid offseason and be a big contributor next season. That's all I got, Tim. Nice. What part of um, Hunter Green and Ashcraft, or what percentage do you give conspiracy theory wise that they weren't really hurt? Ninety-five um, percent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because a lot gets involved here. This isn't just like, hey, Reds manager, go talk to Reds pitcher. This is what we're gonna do. No, this is like, you have to tell the agent, you have to tell the GM, you have to tell the owner. This is. That's that's been around for a while, but nobody ever really talks about it. I mean, Strasburg's like the perfect example, right? Yeah. I'm going to hedge a little bit and say maybe there was like something barking that they probably could have powered through, and they said, "Hey, you're going to be on an innings limit anyways. Instead of getting shut down, let's let's you know so you can finish the year." So I, I, Carlos, I'm curious your thoughts on this. If you you know you were in the situation of a you know, starting pitcher, you would you rather be shut down or take a break and actually like, you know, get the pitch the last week of the season? Would that mean anything to you? I guess if I had the choice, I would go the route of taking a break in the middle and then finishing up. So you're at least out there with your teammates at the end, you know, not just throwing it in. Cause it'd be really tough to be focused and staying 
in shape and paying attention to the games if you know your season's already done. You probably won't learn too much, you know. You won't be invested because you're not going to have to face these hitters for another six months. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a that's, yeah, a, that's a good point. I know that uh, you know Nick Crawl and uh, uh, Sam Grossman, assistant GM, uh, they've talked about you know building good habits and and you know they really believe in that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good point. Can I actually pick on Carlos with another question one more time before we move on? Because when you mentioned about the fall league earlier, it had me thinking. So for us who aren't haven't been through this experience, can you kind of explain the benefit? You mentioned kind of the benefit of fall league where they take care of you and stuff like that. The difference between fall league and instructs and which one's more beneficial than the other? Instructs sucks. <laughs> <laughs> There's absolutely nobody there. It's you're with a bunch of young, young kids and you're there to work like on one specific thing. Like if you're a pitcher who only has a fastball and a slurve, they want you to work on your changeup. You're there just to go throw changeups in live games. So it's just working on specific things. So instructs, everybody was always hoping they weren't invited to instructs because there's nothing to gain from it at all. Okay. I was just curious because I know like talking to people, I've heard about instructs, but I didn't necessarily know what they were. I don't want to say there's nothing to gain from it. That's totally the wrong thing to say. Uh, there's nothing to gain from it, really, you know, like moving up or down in the system wise. Like there's no eyes on you other than um, the pitching, probably instructor who's there or the hitting instructor that's there. Like it's just they want to instill in you one certain thing that they want you to come back with. Gotcha. Okay, that makes more sense. All right, because I was just kind of curious. I was like, why would you do one over the other? But that makes a lot more sense. So, cool. So, Dylan Rushman said, only thing about green is why wouldn't we option and then have them for seven years and not six, and they have a genuine reason? I think they get crushed for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd be pretty hard to option him. Yeah, I mean, I know he's like overall ERAs in the five, yeah, you can't option him. but. He's had some great moments this year. They they would get they would rightfully get crushed for. There would be a grievance filed. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, look the the pirates did it with. Um, oh man, I'm I'm blanking on that example name. already. Around, Next topic around the uh, All Star break, but yeah, they also don't have a very good reputation around the league. So yeah, you, they don't. What what yeah, what gives that away? I don't think so. Yeah. <sighs> All righty. So I guess now that we're through all this, let's talk a little bit about some playoff races, guys. Uh, 538, who is the most on-point system of all time for evaluating things. They never get anything wrong. Uh, currently has the playoffs looking as we show here. Uh, Matt, we'll kind of bring you here real quick, kind of get your thoughts. Is there a certain division race you're kind of keeping a close eye on because it seems like – you know, with the new, with the extended wild card and things like that, it's certainly getting interesting. But how about that AL Central? Am I right? What a competitive division! <laughs> right, that's what I. Right now, I've really just wanted to keep an eye on. Same thing with the NL Central, and also watching the Braves and the Mets. I like watching that 
Um, that one's coming down to the wire too, but I just, when the Reds aren't playing, I just enjoy watching any type of playoff baseball. So I'm excited for it to get to there and excited for these last few weeks and how everything shakes out. Carlos, I know first from hanging out with you that one weekend, have you had a lot of joy watching the Yankees fall apart the way they have? Absolutely. It's what every American dreams of. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not a Yankees fan, um, no, but yeah, I'm excited for playoff baseball. Always am. Um, hopefully, the Padres can uh, get their stuff going today. Soto got hit between the shoulder blades tonight, so that's not good. Um, Cardinals just scored five runs in the bottom of the ninth to win the stupid game. <laughs> Braves, Mets. That's going to be a lot fun. of fun. Uh, Phillies. That was my early on wild card team to win. I think well, they're like plus two thousand or something like that. Yeah, all they got to do is get hot, baby. Yeah, and Milwaukee's uh, three and a half out of the last wild card spot behind San Diego. Uh, Maybe that's why they traded. Maybe that's why they traded Josh Hader there, just to kind of mess it up to get him back in. I don't know. Don't don't do that, Tim. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Mariners and Phillies. It's been a long time. It'll be hopefully they both get in. I was trying to think, have the Mariners made it since the 2001 team that won like 120 games? No. Or they won 115? Okay, I didn't think there was. Uh, but, yeah, the American League's been a lot of fun. I mean, Baltimore has been far better than I think a lot of us expect while their young guys coming up. Um, they're kind of in the race. They're about a game and a half behind. I'm sorry, they are four and a half out of the, the third spot against from Toronto. Uh, so they're probably not going to make it, but they're making it fun. Um yeah, I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be really fun. Uh, obviously, keeping an eye on our uh, Ohio mates and the Guardians, who have lost three of their last – I mean, have lost seven of the last ten um, and kind of keeping things division close there with some old friends there in Minnesota. Um, but other than that, it's kind of, you know, watching the Yankees lose like Carlos said. It's a, it's a joy, but now they've won four in a row. So maybe I spoke a little too soon. How's Drury doing over there, Carlos? Not great, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the IL, no, isn't he's, he? He's hit a couple of homers, and yeah, he got hit in the head uh, yeah. the other day, so he went to the IL. But mm-hmm. yeah, they really got to pull it together. I saw Tyler Malley has not been having a lot of fun either. Yeah, good timing. Red Scout twenty one Cincy. Poor Malley. So I thought he'd be awesome there in a big ballpark. Buy low, sell high. Yep. That's right. Spencer Shears looking good for us, so thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's try to take a look real quick at the upcoming schedule. Uh, Luis Sessa making a start tomorrow against Adrian Sampson. Uh, then the Reds continue the road trip for three against the Brewers, where you'll see Nick Lodolo, Chase Anderson, and Justin Dunn. Uh, then the Reds come home for four, including yet another doubleheader against the Pirates. Uh <laughs> Mike Minder, Luis Sessa, potentially Brandon Williamson and Nick Lodolo pitching in that series for the Reds go to St. Louis for Chase Henderson and what may be Hunter Green against Jack Flaherty uh, on Friday the 16th, potentially. So, Where did the uh, strength of schedule stack up in September this year, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't checked it as often this year, but uh, um, I mean, I see a lot of Pirates and Cubs, so I'm assuming it's pretty good. True. True. I mean, although, you know, birds are going to play themselves like the seventh best draft odds. Yeah, I saw uh, Tankerthon had them like pretty like under, had them pretty high on their projections today. I was like, son of a gun. 
You get to see the return of Tommy Pham. That'll be fun to watch. That will be fun. Don't you put that evil on me. <laughs> the the random two games against the Red Sox with every single other game being a division foe. Yeah. yeah. Is he going to get booed? No. He's going to get a tribute video. What are you talking about? I really don't think most Reds fans dislike Tommy Pham. I think it's just you and a couple folks. <laughs> most importantly. Tim, can I pay you to go and boo? <laughs> I'm actually really curious. I'm going to get uh, fantasy football advice from him because I'm sure at that point my season will be in the crapper anyway. So kind of see who he took in the first couple rounds, what moves he made on the waiver wire. He didn't want his advice. He wanted to take Jeff Wilson or whatever his (laughs) name was. Maybe stash somebody on the IR. I don't know. Just kind of get his thoughts on it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think other than that, um, do we have any additional questions or we just want to kind of get out of here? Thumbs up to the card. Awesome. Well, please, 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 if you are hanging out on the YouTubes, please take a second to subscribe to the channel. It goes such a long way for us in the YouTube algorithm. Uh, I think she'll kind of get that out of there. Also, please take a moment to give us a follow and subscribe and a nice solid review on your podcast subscriber of choice. And also go to latenightreds.merchmake.com, support the brand, get some t-shirts. We definitely appreciate it. Matt, thanks for hanging out tonight, man. It was a lot of fun talking with you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's what I'm. Uh, I'm up way past my bedtime, but I really appreciate you me guys too. having me on board. Yeah, for sure. I know you got to get ready for these Bengals games now too. So, yeah, at least something. Hopefully fun to they. Talk about. Yeah, hopefully they have a more exciting season, and yeah, we'll see if they cover that six and a half spread. Yeah, I feel good about it. So, please, as always, please uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, but don't forget, we are brought to you by Bet Online. Go there to use promo code Believe50 to get your 50% welcome bonus before football season starts this weekend. Uh, have a good night, and we'll see you all next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.